guys. Welcome to another episode of We Believe Do You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And today we have some stories for you guys. Since the end of the month, we always have stories. Um, we're kind of going back and forth what to call these stories. Originally, it was just going to be like listener stories, but we decided on something else. Eric? It's now called Stories of High Strangeness. And I blame this on you guys because you never sent any in. <laughs> and we so have to we resort do... to getting from Reddit. Hey, but Reddit Reddit likes to, I mean, Reddit comes through. That's where our last guest, I found our last guest. And people are more willing to share their spooky stories on Reddit for whatever reason. So they're strangers, but hey, at least they're sharing their stories. All right. So stories of high strangeness. Eric, do you want to start us off with the first uh, story? Sure. I get to cut, so I'm happy. All right, so it goes. This occurred when I was seven years old. Bit of a backstory, though. I came from a very abusive childhood. Oh, never mind. Not going to be happy about cussing. Both physical, both physically and emotionally. Never sexual. I had never had a Christmas present, never had a birthday present, or a card, or even a cake on special occasions. I didn't have my first birthday cake till I was in my 20s. Friends found out and made my uh, made up for my arsehole parents. I guess they're English. Mm-hmm. Uh, or somewhere in the UK. Anyway, it was one of those nights where I was beaten and locked in my room, left to cry in the darkness, the pain from the punches to my face burning as my tears rolled down my face. There was a rattle at the door where the lock was on the other side of the door. Thinking it was one of the parents, one of my parents, I tried to hide behind the bed as best as I could to shield myself further. Peeking over the the bed sheets, the door opened a sliver, then closed. Thinking my parents had changed their mind on coming into the room and going back downstairs, I sat back up on the bed, the tears still falling, the pain still present. It was then I noticed that there was no sound of my parents' footsteps moving away from my door. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I felt a small hand, not that much smaller than mine at the time, touch my cheek. It was icy cold, Uh, but the moment it touched my skin, the pain faded away. I felt calm almost instantly, and the crying stopped. The touch then warmed slightly, then disappeared. I I slept the whole night through, and fortunately without bedwetting that night, only to find a small teddy bear beside my pillow. My parents saw me with it in the morning, grasping it close. They immediately started fighting with each other, screaming, why did you get him that fucking thing? And I didn't get him it. You must have, you bitch. And so on and so on. So clearly neither one of them had a slight change of heart. But whenever I needed comfort, that bear helped me remember that moment of the soothing touch and helped me get through some really bad times. Cut to me leaving my parents' house years later. I had to pack bit by bit, keeping a few bags of clothes and boxes stored in the attic out of their way. I left with very little, and it was one of my close friends that was helping me leave as soon as the coast was clear from them. It was time to leave. My teddy that appeared in my hand and grabbing my bag. On the back of the attic, however, was a pile of stuff that had been left by the previous owner of the house, which parents did throw out. There was a photo covered in cloth. I pulled away the fabric and found it was a family portrait. And the photo was a small young girl, couldn't be more than five years old, in the portrait with her parents. And in her small hands was a teddy bear that had appeared 
that had appeared beside me all those years ago that I still have to this day. I took the portrait, my teddy, and my bag and left without looking back. I need to find out who lived in that house before my parents. So after contacting a few people to help track down the people in the portrait, I made contact with them and met them at their home, at their new home. As it, as it had turned out, their small daughter had passed away at the age of five from cancer. The portrait was made not long before she passed away. I showed them the teddy bear and they wondered how I got it. I told them my experience and their eyes filled with tears of joy. They told me that before their daughter passed away, she spoke that she wanted to her bear to help someone that needed him as she did. The little girl's name was Anna. The portrait was returned to her parents, but they told me that I was to keep the bear as their daughter wanted me to have it. I will never forget that touch from that night, the feeling of calm that washed over me, the relief from the pain and the power that the teddy bear has gotten me through. That was a sweet one. Yeah. That kind of sucks, man. Like What, having abusive parents or a little yeah, girl yeah. passing away from cancer? Well, both. But, like, the abusive parents. Because, like, I mean, our parents weren't abusive. You know, they argued like people do, couples do. Yeah. And, like, I know that really stressed me out as a kid. So I can only imagine, you know, having to go through this kind of stuff, you know. And, it's one thing you know, for them to take it out on each other, but to take it out on like a child. It's... Yeah. And I mean, like from what, what we've been told about, you know, our grandfather too and stuff like that. It's just, it sucks when that kind of stuff, when I hear that kind of stuff, it's just that I don't get it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I'm glad that this person had, you know, someone, some, you know, former someone come and, and comfort them and bring them something that, mm-hmm. that is very sweet. Yeah, I like that. No, for sure. And and then the fact that they went and like tried to find the people who live there and all that, like ugh, that, I was like, man, I hope you don't just leave it like you found the portrait and that's it. But the fact that they went out and found the people and contacted them and everything, it's like, okay, that's how stories should end. Yeah, <laughs> you should always I, I, go investigate. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say I wanted to go find out who they were, but I never did. I was like, god damn it! But then yeah. he said he did. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so I got a short one for you. So this one starts, oh, disclaimer. I was like putting these all in a Google Doc and completely forgot to add people's names. I swear that won't happen again. So it's just this episode that I'm not going to have people's Reddit usernames. It's totally my fault, Um, but it won't happen again, I swear. (laughs) Uh, And if you, by any chance, this was one of your stories and you do listen to it, uh, let us know so we can give you credit. At least yeah. in the in the post in the Facebook post or uh, Instagram or, or and YouTube. Worst case, I'll scroll through and and try and find them again, and we can do it in the next episode. But um, yeah. Okay, so this one starts when I was about eight years old. Now twenty six. My nana, nana, my mom's grandmother, so her great grandmother, suddenly passed away. She lived with my nan and pop. Unfortunately, my family and I couldn't make it to the funeral because the town we were living in was flooding at the time. Months later, we moved to a different town and my nan and pop came to visit for the day. I distinctly remember all of us sitting at the dining room area when I saw my nana nana, her great grandmother, peek around the corner of the hallway and she waved at me. She was glowing and I and she was glowing and had these big, beautiful glowing wings. I'd never forget that moment. My nana 
kept my Nana Nana's room the same for years and years. She used to tell me that sometimes she would go in there and it looked as if someone had sat on her bed, but no one had. Just Nan and Pop at home. They even moved cities and the room was still dedicated Nana Nana's room. And this would happen. I feel very grateful to have had that special moment and think about her and, and it often. Cute. Aww. Another sweet little story. Nothing too spooky yet. But I'm sorry. I just really love little visitation stories like that. They make my heart happy. And it, and it shows you a, a lighter side to the paranormal. I feel like that's my mission of this podcast. <laughs> Every time we have like a good paranormal story, I'm like, see, it's not all scary and darkness. There's love and light. All right, let's go with someone who sent in four stories. Luz de Carmen. This one I don't believe was hers. She told it. She told me that she was going to tell it as if it was hers, but I'm not going to do that. It's not hers. Somebody else. <laughs> Jesus. No, nah, it's it's uh, it's okay. It's I mean, it didn't necessarily have to be hers. I think she thought she was like under the impression like it had to be from her. But we weren't going to read it unless it's your personal story, guys. Yeah, Just kidding. no, not not at all. <clears throat> um, this was, I guess, one of the custodians. Um, not sure if it was male or female, but that's besides the point. Um, so here we go. This is another story from the hospital, one of the many here in Matamoros. One night, I was finishing cleaning up the operating rooms. Yes. I think, oh, hold on, time out. I feel like she could probably have her own section of, like, uh, the way she, like, uh, starts these intros. It's, like, like scary stories to tell from hospitals in Matamoros or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, let me start over. This is another story from the hospital, one of the many here in Matamoros. One night, I was finishing cleaning up the operating rooms. Yes, I was cleaning the operating rooms. I was part of the personnel that cleans up the ORs. I had to stay all night in case of an emergency. If the doctors had to go in, in and operate or had to use any of the other operating rooms, I always had to make sure that they were immediately cleaned. Since at that moment there weren't any surgeries or any activity in the ORs, I decided to stay in the room where the surgeons don their sterile gowns before they go into the OR. In this room was a sofa, and I decided to lay down there for a bit because I was really tired. I closed my eyes, and I'm not sure, I'm not really sure how much time passed. All of a sudden, I felt someone or something's presence at my side. I half opened my eyes and saw an old man slowly moving past me. He was dressed in the typical hospital gown that opens in the back and he was holding it closed with one hand and with the other moving towards the, the ORs. I guess he was like off balance and he was like trying to like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was fully awake now and sat up on the sofa. I turned to see as the old man was slowly walking into the ORs. I immediately got up and started putting on my sterile boots and started yelling at the person that had just walked by. Hey, hey, you, wait, you can't go in there. When I finished putting on my boots... I walked down the hallway next to the ORs where the old man had just walked by. To my surprise, I couldn't find the old man I had just seen. I kept looking for him. I went into the three ORs, turned on the lights because the lights have to be off in the OR, but I couldn't find the old man I had just seen. There are no exits or entrances except for the one where I had been. Bewildered, I went back to the room. 
and I remember that there was no way for a patient to enter through that room. The only way for the patients to get to the OR is through the transfer room, where they are transferred from the hospital from a hospital bed to a hospital bed. I felt chills, and I felt fear, because I couldn't find the old man in the OR. I left the area quickly and went to the first floor and asked the nurses if I could stay there for the rest of the shift. To be honest, I asked them to tr- to be honest, I asked them to transfer me to another area. After that, I never stayed another night by myself in the surgical area. <clears throat> and scene. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's kind of like a a common occurrence in a hospital or I mean, it has to be, I guess. Especially if, like, you're in an OR area, like, countless people have died in in ORs and operating rooms during surgeries or during traumas where they have to operate on people, Um, you know. And, I mean, just in general, the hospital has a lot of death in it. So, and then again at night, you're there by yourself. Everything's off. Everything's quiet. You're going to sleep. You're getting into that mental state where, like, you're between asleep and awake and, you know you your mind's a little bit more open to these kinds of things people who say they were hallucinations but i disagree um but yeah so i mean that's why like i said before like in the nursing home in the nursing homes you're able to see and hear things more at night i feel because everything's so much more quiet than in the daytime like in the daytime there's just constant activity people moving just things going on you know what i mean yeah no, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine a hospital not being haunted, not having ghosts in it. So I'm actually really glad that you uh, that you read another spooky story from the hospital because this kind of reminded me about uh, it reminded me of because uh, oh, this reminded me of one of Matt's stories. Um, so, OK, here we go. Uh, So part of my practice is to aggregate stories of the paranormal and try to distill patterns to enhance my capacity as a magician, but also as someone who tries to help. I eventually always ask for ghost stories. This is one I picked up while working at a supposedly haunted nursing home. It concerns a spirit function or functionary spirit called a psychopomp, a spirit which guides the recently deceased to the hereafter. So now you see why I wanted to pick this one? Mm. All right. Bill in Bill in Dead Like Me or Anubis are examples of a psychopomp. There are, are a lot of reports where the psychopomp is a dead relative known to the terminal patient, though they are not always present in every day in every dying case. The charge nurse, a Filipino man named Esteban, finally worn down after weeks of prompting and prodding, finally spilled the beans. I had worn down the man, telling him I knew he saw something here. I saw him each night walking the halls, sprinkling dust and chanting quietly, claiming to do, claiming to, claiming to be doing his final rounds. Obviously, he was performing some kind of magic. I was curious. I had heard the most insane stories about the 50-year-old residential facility, restored and renovated from an old hospital. I was determined, and finally, with a mix of trust and sleep deprivation, <laughs> he told me what he was doing and why. He was performing a blessing on the facility in Tagalog. 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 Okay. Tagal- <laughs> I said Tagalog. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tagalog. It's Ta- uh, Tagalog. Tagalog. I hope no one caught me say Tagalog because I literally added an N in there for absolutely no reason. <laughs> Those are Girl Scout cookies, my sister. <laughs> uh, he's 
He's done it every night for years, teaching his fellow Filipino co-workers to do it on his days off. One night, he saw a call light go off from the back room. One of the Sena residents was turning the button on and off to add urgency. Esteban ran to the back, thinking the worst. The man lay in his bed, sickly and weak, mustering up screams and cries. His eyes moved to the nurse. Get her away! There's no one here, mister. It's my mama. Her eyes are messed up. She's going to kill me and take me with her to hell. The nurse told the man he'd be right back quickly, and he bolted down the kitchen's swiping assault container. He asked the man where his mother was. He pointed to beyond the edge of his bed, crying and pleading to be saved. Esteban knew his stuff. He made a circle around the man's bed and asked what she was doing. She can't come closer, but she's still saying she's going to kill me. Esteban told him he'd be safe with the circle. He said his prayers and instructed the man to do the same and to get some rest. Esteban, despite being spooked, continued his work and his rounds. The night went and morning came. The cleaning staff entered the daytime aids. Uh, I know where this is going. (laughs) Uh, The night went and morning came. The cleaning staff entered and the daytime aides began their shifts. Esteban quietly worked on his notes, relieved by his replacement nurse. He saw the cleaning staff enter the central area where the nurse's station was. They had come from the hall where the man's area lay. Oh no, once again, for the third time, he ran to that door. The floor and linens cleaned, the salt circle gone. The man in his bed, dead, slumped over. Since then, he does his blessings each night without much improvement. One thing, much shorter of a bit. There was one ward the night before the death of a resident. They would become quite upset at the little girl playing in the room and messing with their belongings and light up the call light demanding staff to get rid of the wayward child she'd be gone as soon as we entered the girl would go between rooms settling at the ones who'll pass scaring enough residents on the way where we'd have to lie and tell well-meaning octogenarians that they'd place her that they'd placed her with her mother and thanking them for their care at her well-being the final story i'll share from this facility is still one that squicks me out Never heard that before. Squicks? Probably another Uh, British thing. Yeah. Not scares, just unnerves thoroughly. If I had read the next sentence, I would know what squicks means. (laughs) Uh, To be unnerved thoroughly. There I was, completed my notes and final rounds, waiting on the clock to finish the last 20 minutes of my shift. I was ready to go, as were the other aides who who approached the counter, finishing up one by one. My coworker came to the station looking twitchy. Paraphrasing, she said something like, Guys, number 12 is having some weird shit happening. I went in and Mrs. Goldfish... Really? I went in and Mrs. Goldfish was scooting over in her bed and she was holding a child. She told me not to wake the boy who takes off his face. What? Jesus Christ. Ugh. Also, she must love goldfish. Right? So, and anyway. also, squicks is actually a word, so it's just us illiterate people. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not going back in there. I need one of you to, to do that room's last round. Naturally, being an idiot, I decided that I'd go investigate and take care of the lady, much to the relief of my peers. I go in. The woman whose memory is less than a goldfish still has her uh-huh. arm outstretched. So her <laughs> name is so actually... She- uh, yeah, she guess she doesn't like goldfish, and it actually is slang. It's not an actual word, so we're wrong. 
I go in. The woman whose memory is less than a goldfish still has her arm outstretched and her pillows to her side as if the bed had another occupant. Okay. I sat down in her wheelchair and she looked at me and preemptively shushed me. Hello, Mrs. Goldfish. Who's that? I gestured to the empty place. That's the boy who can take off his nose and eyes. Uh, no, thank you. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, uh, um, a moment of silence while I think of what I should say next. Her eyes slowly move from the empty spot to her right, up the wall, creeping slowly. The eyes go to the ceiling, and then, in an instant, her eyes drop down to me. She begins to smile, pleasantly and grandmotherly, warmly. She says to me, You know, my children used to do the same thing, crawling all over me like that. I sent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, sorry. I silently <laughs> yelped. And got the hell out of there. Yeah, I don't. I think I would too. Uh, I'm not prepared to deal with that. Screw that. It's not even my assigned room. Two minutes pass in the hallway. Oops, I realize that this is absolutely my kind of thing. I go back. I go back in and banish the spirit quietly as the woman slept and blessed her. Once finished, I woke her up to ensure nothing was wrong and see if there was anything she needed. Completing the round, I told the, the Filipino note. I told the Filipino nurse that there was something spooky in 12. He went over and I went home. So that was three star. You sorry, whatever. But you're um, still creepy. No, you said you cool. wanted you said you wanted hospital and like nurse story, so I brought you some. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. They're they're good. I like I like it because we had a similar situation with uh in a, when one of the rooms too where there's a, there was a little girl and stuff. Um I don't know, I don't want to tell her right now cuz well, t- I'll tell it later. I'll tell it when I tell more more nursing home stories because that's one of the stories that's kind of it's kind of cool. So, sorry guys, teaser. <laughs> so um, and uh, yeah, that that taking off her face—that's fucking or taking off his face is fucking crazy. I wonder what it looked like for her to not freak out. Like, I mean, obviously, like, is it just like muscles and tissue, or is it like a skeleton face? Like, is it bloody? Because I it feel just like black. I'm- yeah, like I feel like I'd freak out. Or or does it look like the kid from The Haunting of Bly Manor? How like, well, really all of the ghosts or characters like have this like blurred face that it's like there's not really like eyes or nose. It, yeah, it's creepy. Maybe kinda, that's what it looks like. Kind of like how I see people when I take my glasses off. Kind of. I took my glasses off to see your face, but yeah. I'm hiding behind my microphone. Um, the other, the other thing is the lady, the goldfish lady, reminded me of uh, what was her? Uh, the lady well, from the Cowardly. That... Oh, the Cowardly Dog. She was always um, completely oblivious to like yeah. creepy shit happening. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. And then poor guy, the the Filipino man that put the salt around to try and protect that other man, and he died. But I mean, that's definite. That's definitely a thing because that, like, that story that I shared with, uh, uh, with you guys during Matt's episode, you know, with um, the the lady seeing her husband and saying that he was walking around. Granted, he didn't take her, but he took other people, you know, according to her. So, you know, that's definitely a thing. I just didn't know it was called the psychopomp. Now you know. Well, even Matt's story, the lady, the girl in the black dress, mm-hmm. she was a psychopomp. We learned something today. 
Thank you, Reddit. Okay, this next story I'm excited about because it has to do with one of my favorite topics. And go. Moved into a new flat. Landlord came around to show me how to use the cooker. Where the heating and the other generic readers were. This flat has a built-in bar. And we had a few beers. And I think it was myself who brought up spooky paranormal things. I expected him to just laugh it off and call me crazy. Weird. Or, oh, look at that. I forgot to do this thing. Sort of to escape the situation. He took a swig of beer and proceeded to tell me that him and his wife used to live in this flat before moving into the house downstairs. Great. The fucking last thing you want to hear, you know, before you. Yeah. You just paid your fucking rent for the month, I guess, like that. I, you know, and yeah. Anyway. (laughs) He said one night he had fallen asleep in the living room and had gotten up to go to the toilet and then off to bed. As he opened the door, his eyes focused on his wife sleeping soundly in the bed. He says he had to reach across and turn on the small makeup light she had on to light the room so he could start getting unchanged and ready for bed. He did that. But as his hands went for the light and it snapped on, he saw a being for a matter of many many seconds i guess they meant milliseconds he described the usual gray alien and kept telling me that its head snapped back and he could see the black eyes and he got a feeling that it was just as scared to see him as he was of it it then made a swoosh very quickly out the window and behind them the window was closed i'm standing there behind the bar like we well shit that is the bed that i've chosen for my main room Maybe I should have the other one and have this as my spare. He then adds, don't worry, you'll see them soon enough. And takes a swig of beer before opening a bottle of rum and acting like he's just told me some nonchalant, boring story. And then follows it with the, so this rum. Excuse me, what? (laughs) See, this is the kind of shit, man. Fucking cliffhanger. Did you see the alien? Did you get abducted? Not yet. I I don't I'm trying to think like how would I feel about it? I think I'd partially be excited and also partially terrified. Yeah, you I would know- be. <laughs> Wait. What? Both or one or the other? <laughs> both. Oh. I guess. Yeah. More excited, I guess. Terrified would be the normal response. Well, yeah, I'm not normal. Anyway, but I mean I've had I've had dreams where aliens come into the room and like they just kinda like hang around me and then kind of freaks me out but i wonder you, what the difference or you think it's your room and you're actually on their starship or they take me from my room and i don't remember what happens next because they did some sort of mind control or mind memory the men in erasing. black little bleep yeah that thing i wonder if i were to go get like regression therapy if all of a sudden i'd start remembering being abducted from those those dreams i've had as bryce johnson would say from bigfoot collectors club go get regressed no all right just me that's fine okay god damn it you need to listen to that podcast everyone needs to go listen to that podcast it's hands down my favorite podcast those guys are hilarious anyway all right i love aliens are you ready for the next hold on Oh, Are we what? just going to, like, gloss over the fact that this asshole, like, 
like he just gets his apartment, right? He paid he I'm sure he paid like first and last month's rent and is like, all right, cool, my new apartment. There's the keys. Hey, let's celebrate. Let's have a beer. Oh yeah, by the way, aliens come and, and do stuff here. I was like, Okay, um can you give me my deposit back? Because I'm out. Well, I don't know. It's I mean, at least he's being honest. It's one positive way to look at it. Yeah, well he should have been honest before I paid him. Well, you know how it's like not necessarily a law for someone to say like, hey, this house is haunted or someone was murdered here. It's not a law that you have to disclose that there's aliens coming to visit the the building. Isn't it, though, if like somebody died, like it was murdered there, they have to. Well, at least in it Texas, depends right? on this. I was going to say it depends on the state. But I mean, hauntings. Actually, I think there is a state or some states that it's like hauntings. They do have to disclose, but it's only after like a certain amount of years. Like, even a murder. Well, I mean, again, it's all depends state to state. But if, like, the murder was, like, 10 years ago, they don't have to disclose it. If it was, like, last year, then they do. Mm. I don't know. I think it just kind of depends. Well, that's fucked up. All right. So, the last one I wrote is kind of long, but this one's going to be super You're long. longer. Sorry. Not sorry. Uh, well, I mean, you might be sorry if it's not that good. Did you read honestly, it? Honestly, I might. All right. So, this one goes... The reason I'm writing this now and not before is because I was only reminded of this the other day. I was driving to the store with my son and he wanted to listen to a song. I don't even remember the words. I just remember that the tune brought me back to a place. A place I had tucked away in my memory in hopes to be forgotten. Now, I can't get that old lady's mouth out of my head. That's what caught me. That sounds sexual. (laughs) That's not where my head went, but okay. This happened in 1987. I'm sure about the date because of the Whittier? Whittier? Whittier. Because of the Whittier earthquake. It just so happens that at the very moment I was painting a wall in the dining room. It just so happens that at the very moment I was painting a wall in the dining room a different color when it hit. And I ended up streaking paint across the wall as I ran over to hold our lovely large uh, fish tank from falling over. Sorry. That sounds hilarious. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'll leave it at that, even though I read that wrong. This took place in Hacienda Heights, California. My boyfriend at the time wasn't really welcome at my mother's house because she couldn't shake this bad feeling about him. So being young and dumb, I moved out of her house and into a place I found down the street with him. I wish I had listened to her. It was a small one-bedroom bungalow. At first, we were getting along just fine. It seemed like things had changed as months passed and we started fighting more. I thought it was odd that I, Susie Homemaker, didn't want to make that house a home. It was just a weird vibe about the place, and it got darker the longer we stayed. There's something to say about that, but I'll wait. As you walk in the partial glass front door... On the left, there were two white windowpane doors on the built-in bookcases on both sides of a fireplace, then the dining room, and in the back was the kitchen. The bedroom was on the right. We couldn't afford a bed frame, so our full-size mattress was on the floor under the window, and that was the only thing in there besides the clock. There was un- There was an uneasiness in the bedroom that I couldn't put my finger on. I felt very depressed in there. Uh, Little things happened throughout the house from the moment we moved in, but we just laughed it off until it was no longer funny. 
It seemed like when we were at odds with, e with each other, it intensified in a dark way. Yeah, I can relate to this a little too much so far. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, oftentimes, my boyfriend would just, and that's not current, just disclaimer in the past. Anyway. For you guys, because I know. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, my boyfriend would just leave and I was alone, sometimes for days, and I thought that he did it on purpose because he knew I was scared to be there alone. At first, I was fine, not scared of anything, until one of those nights I was sleeping and I was jolted up by an extremely loud bang that left my ears ringing. But that could also be exploding head syndrome. Anyway, I jumped up at first, looked out the window, thinking it was something outside, but the streets were still. I checked the house, but there is nothing out of place. The next night, it happened again, louder than before. Only this time, I glanced at the clock before checking the house, and it was five o'clock in the morning, on the dot, and my room was freezing. I tried to go back to sleep, but I heard muffled wails of a woman. I literally had to lift my head from the pillow to listen, but no one was around. The next day, my boyfriend came home with a few words and some hand-picked flowers. All was stupidly forgiven. I told him what happened, but he shrugged it off, telling me that it could have been a backfire of the pipes. And I bought it. One early evening after dinner, we were going to watch TV on the couch in the living room, and I excused myself to go to the bathroom. I kept hearing him yelling out things at me, but I couldn't really make out what he was saying. Uh, I opened the door and looked up at him. What? And he turned white, crawling backwards on the couch with his eyes big, then leaped up and ran into the kitchen, looking around and checking the back door. What? I'm like, what is going on? He came out saying that the door was locked from the inside. After he, after he calmed down and I could understand him, he told me that he was talking to me in the kitchen. Oh, doppelganger? Uh, he was talking to me in the kitchen. He asked me why I put a granny house dress on and was asking for snacks oh okay and he was i'm like okay sorry <laughs> getting nervous already yeah uh that's why i had put a granny house dress on and was asking for snacks and he was getting a bit upset that i didn't answer him i had no answers there had been a few times we both saw what looked like a teenage boy sitting on the front stoop sometimes holding his head in his hands but when we approached him, it was like he was never there. I pointed out faces in the glass panes of the bookcase that looked like they were talking to us while, they, while we were watching TV. They were just reflections of something that wasn't in the room with their, with their features outlined by the flickering light from the TV. But after a while, the faces became more defined. In the beginning, my boyfriend thought I was making it up until he saw it for himself. We heard banging on the bathroom door, like with someone's fist, even when we weren't in there, and an older guy's voice saying, oh, come on, sending us running outside a couple of times, then feeling stupid sitting outside, so we went in and stayed spooked for the rest of the day. I called the landlord to ask him if something happened there, or can he make it stop? But before I could, but before I could even open my mouth, he was asking if I was calling to complain about something he had no control over. In the background, I heard his wife say, Is that the young couple? They want to move, do they? There goes another one. Fuck that! Hmm. I hope that they actually moved out. That's another landlord story where they're like assholes and they know something and they don't share it. All right. Um, 
he sounded like he'd had had this happen to them before. So that really got my blood boiling. Why would they rent this place to us without even a heads up? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Realizing that they would be of no immediate help, I just hung up. I could not move. I had no money, and my mother for sure wouldn't let me move back in as long as I was with him. We lived there for at least four months when our relationship started spinning, spinning out of control. Uh, he was being forceful, demanding, and drinking a lot more. Jesus, did I write this story? One night, he asked me to pick him up, so I did. And somehow, I ended up with a broken arm because I didn't want him to drive my car drunk. Wow. Okay, That's not my story. I had to beg him to shift gears so I could drive to, to the ER because he was tired. And after the hospital, I was exhausted. I just wanted to sleep, so I went to the bedroom while he opted to lay on the couch and watch TV. The next thing I know, he's grabbing his stuff, saying that he's not staying here anymore, and walking walking out, leaving me there by myself with a broken arm. Wow. I remember that it was a warm night, but it was raining, so I laid on the couch with only the screen door closed so I could hear the rain. The lights went out, freaking me out even more, so I put candles on the coffee table and one on the bookcase and sat and sat back down on the couch. I was too scared to sleep in the bedroom. I sat there and saw those faces. One was an old lady. She was frowning and her mouth was moving like she was trying to over enunciate to tell me something or yell at me. Her face got bigger like she was coming closer to the glass and then back. She kept waving her finger at me. Her gray hair was straight and put back with a headband. Her mouth was just going on opening and closing and the candlelight glistened on her bottom teeth. Her teeth looked a little, I don't know, long and old, if that makes sense. Then there was a middle-aged man who didn't look directly at me. He looked aggravated, but not at me, more like at everything and everyone. And then a crying teenager, his face was so full of despair. I could make out the words, please, and no, no, no. And then he put his hands, then he put his hand on his face, looking at him, brought tears to my eyes, and my heart felt so very heavy. It dawned on me that this was the kid on our doorstep. I must have sat there for hours with the blankets up to my nose until the lights came on and I fell asleep. The next morning, I walked down the corner store and called my mother, who was happy to find out that I was ready to come home. Before I handed over the keys, my mother had some words with the landlord. He told her that he had the place blessed before I moved in, and he was hoping that it worked. He also told my mom that he bought the place already haunted. <laughs> uh, also, he knew from digging. Also, he knew from digging. All he knew from digging was that it was two bungalows together, but one burnt down. The one I was renting was the one where the old lady lived, whose grown son came on hard times because he was an alcoholic. He lost his wife and couldn't keep a job, so he and his teenage son moved into her place. Mm. The son was so unstable that he found a gun in the house and shot himself in the bedroom, and his grandmother died from a heart attack not long after. He didn't know what happened to the man. Talk about a roundabout. I don't know why that tune or maybe the light reflecting off the rain on my windshield made me think about the old lady's mouth, but it did. Now I understand a little more as to why I don't like reflective things in my home. The end. That's a lot. That was a lot. 
Like, I feel like this house at the corner of our street. Oh, for sure. They're I feel constantly like that going. One's haunted. Yeah. Yeah, they're constantly going through uh, people. Like, it's always yeah. somebody, some family. I feel like we've said that for like years because there's always a new family. Like, every. Yeah. Well, not on. We've never said it here, but like, for sure, oh, like, yeah. we've said it, like, you know, in person and stuff like that. That for, yeah, we've said it forever that we that that place must be haunted either one of two things either the rent is like crazy mm-hmm. for like the house that it is um because after so many renters it, it has gotten kind of it does look kind of beat up now and it's like yeah. the exact same design as our house except flipped like yeah um like a mirror of ours i guess you could say but definitely a lot of people go in and out of that house like i think recently was like the longest i've ever seen somebody stay there it was like a few years yeah Um, but there's like recently like this past year and a half or so there's um some new people in there now so yeah Mm. it's crazy yeah i don't know and then like it's it's next to i think rudy's house rudy and mariano oh yeah Uh so like i've always wanted to ask them like do you guys know anything have they ever told you guys that like it's haunted or anything like that yeah so well, mariana I mean, if you're listening to this let me know i was gonna say though isn't isn't like our entire neighborhood didn't they dig up a whole bunch of bodies um, Do you remember it was, that it was behind um Tia Leti's, uh house oh. but was it like a grave or was it what i can't I don't remember. remember i can't remember what it was I, I also don't know if it was just like bullshit that they said at the at the at school you know what i mean because they were like redoing that whole sub they were doing their yeah. that brand new subdivision and then they were doing the like and then eventually they started digging up behind diaz house for some reason that you know and then i think we also heard it from like clarissa mandy's yeah. you know uh cousin yeah, yeah. And stuff like that and so again i don't know if it was just stuff that we would tell each other to like freak each other out or if it was like legit like i would have to go back in because I know, like, at the university, like, in the dorms that they had built for the students, they found a bunch of bodies there. Like, they dug them up, and they still built over it. Like, they didn't <laughs> fucking care. And that's why it's haunted. Yeah, probably. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean. I wouldn't doubt it. Well, I mean, weren't there, like, battles fought here in Brownsville, too? Yeah, well, I mean, that like, again, that whole fort. Yeah, uh, the, that's Like, what all I'm those saying. bodies. Yeah. It's got to be bodies scattered throughout here. Mm-hmm. or there anyway yeah all right guys so those were our stories of high strangeness so what do you think very high strangeness yeah. yeah i mean they were pretty decent like um i re- like i said i really liked well like luza carmen's like it feels like yeah that's a typical you know that's something that you would see or hear you know um and i related to a couple of those stories from the the nursing, nursing home, home. And then just this one, this last one was really good too. And so, yeah, guys, like I said, we're changing this from listener stories to stories of high strangeness, but that doesn't mean we don't want to hear your stories. So please go ahead. Uh, if you do have stories that you want to share with us, um, write, write them in, I guess. I don't know. Maybe if you read stories on Reddit that you think are cool, like, you know, send them to us too and, and make sure you include the person's name. Um, but yeah, if we don't have stories from from you guys, we'll definitely be going on Reddit to uh, to find more stories um, because 
like I said, for some reason, a lot of these people are like decent, pretty good writers. And, uh, I mean, some of them forget commas, but I, I do too. So, <laughs> um, so it makes it a little difficult to read, but that might just also be the fact that we, I don't read a lot of books. So. Well, if yeah, it makes guys. you feel any better, I edit it as best I can so that. No, you do a good job of like, editing. <laughs> so that it sounds like we're actually, oh my God. So it sounds like we're actually literate, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, so if you want to go ahead and send those stories in, also, guys, don't forget to like, share our Facebook page real quick, and then uh, check out our YouTube channel as well. I mean, if you don't want to listen to it, if you don't like on Spotify or Apple Music, or if you don't have those platforms, you can definitely listen to it on YouTube. And we do have a link tree where you can find other spots where you can uh, listen to our podcast. Don't forget to five star on Apple Podcasts so you can help us go up in the rankings and help us help you guys find us easier and help people find us easier. And yeah, guys, um, on Instagram, it's at we believed you uh, podcast on Twitter. It's at WBDY podcast on Facebook. It's we believed you with a question mark. And our email address is we believed you at gmail.com. So send them in, guys. We really want to hear from you because we believe. Do you? Do you?